Hello and welcome back to what is now the fourth episode of the Foosball and Calcio edition of a Clear and Obvious podcast. And in a week that saw a top of the table tussle in Syria. And a week that saw VAR steal the show in Hoffenheim versus Wolfsburg. This is, is a, a Clear and Obvious, Obvious podcast. Indeed it is, indeed it is, and what a week we've had in both the Bundesliga and the Serie A. Uh, they've been some big games across the board, I'd say, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Sam? Yeah, pretty big week, especially in the Bundesliga. Lots of five goal thrillers. Lots of there's multiple five goal thrillers. It sounds like an absolute well thriller. Um, should we crack on them with a bit of Calcio, a bit of Serie A? Yeah, let's get straight into it. Sure. So, um, as per, we'll kick things off with the three of the best segment of the podcast. We both earmark three, ep- well, it's not three episodes, we don't earmark three episodes, we earmark three games in each of the leagues and we hone in on them and give our detailed analysis. We do. We do indeed. Uh, I, I'm going to kick things off with the Lazio Inter game. Uh, that was probably the biggest game uh, held in the capital, this one at the Stadio Olimpico. Um, it was a huge game at the top of the table, Inter going into it top on goal difference and Lazio going in third and boy how things have changed since. So yeah, this game really, um, Inter started off the bright over two sides, it must be said. Uh, an early Lukaku chance was evident of this, it was turned away by Strakosha at his near post, uh, the ball was sort of put through to him by Brozovic on a quick, uh, you know, typical Inter uh, counter-attack that they've shown so many times over the season. Uh, putting through to Lukaku, but Strakosha was able to turn it away, he was not really able to guide it into that far post, it sort of ran across his body too far. Um, but yeah, the, the Nats already finally broke through on the brink of half-time after an Antonio Candreva long-range effort. Uh, it could only be parried by the Albanian keeper, which found Ashley Young to strike home his first into goal. A controlled effort that bounced into the top corner. And it, was a, it, was a, it was a really good goal, to be fair. It was a sort of Candreva's um, saucy little shot came in, uh, swerving at the keeper. He couldn't really do an awful lot with it, could only parry it. And um, Young put in his first goal for in an Inter shirt. And he, he looked bright all game, really, Ashley Young. He's, he's looked fairly good since he joined them. Potential England call-up? I tell, I tell you what, right? As our depth at left-back is so terrible, because that's he's been playing left-wing-back under Conte so far, so I reckon he could easily transition into a left-back if need be uh, for England. And I tell you what, right? As a backup to Ben Chilwell, I wouldn't necessarily start him because he's like 35, but as a backup to Ben Chilwell, I would not oppose to that because there's no obvious backup because I'm not a fan of Brandon Williams and Saka's not quite ready yet. So other than that, I don't really see many options. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see him getting in the England squad if he carries on this form this summer, or he, he deserves to. Oh, completely. And there's yeah. definitely Italy, it seems, as <coughs> Italy and Germany uh, is Convenient. the place to go if you're an England player and look for a call up, it seems. That's it, get a one way flight out there and make your career. That's. That's why we focus on these two leagues. Or finish it there. Or, or finish it, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this put the visitors 1-0 up. Uh, Ashley Young's goal, of course. Um, but after this, Lazio came out of the half and they looked like they had a point to prove. Simone Inzaghi clearly got into them at half-time. He's a quality coach, I must say. Um, but they, they dominated the early second half proceedings and um, their pressure was rewarded when ex-Lazio defender who was getting dogs abuse all game, Stefan de Vrij, uh, brought down Immobile after... <laughs> and what I've written down here is just two asterisks and... Sigh, another Pedelli error in a mix-up with Skriniar. 
Um, he's a third choice keeper, so I can't necessarily hammer him too much. He's class. He, he's absolutely phenomenal. If he's cast, he's like fourth set. He's terrible, <laughs> honestly. I really, that's I really terrible. Joke. I really don't rate him. No, he, he wasn't great this game. He showed no confidence. He made one really good save against Immobile, but in this one, he got to where's, where's Bernie or Benny or whatever well, his name is? Well, the funny thing is, right, in this game, Inter had three goalkeepers on the bench. They had Handanovic on the bench, who's clearly not fit enough, but it's just basically in case Padelli gets injured. They've got Bernie on the bench, the guy that got sent off uh, when he would have had his call up off the bench. And then they had this 17-year-old keeper, I want to say Tomanovic. I can't remember his name, his name exactly. Um, but they had three goalkeepers on the bench. And yeah, Padelli, he came out for this one, got tangled up with Skriniar. It was a chip-through ball from Milinkovic-Savic, who ran the game, but we'll go on to him later. Um, and yeah, penalty was given because uh, Devore came back. I wouldn't necessarily say it's Devore's fault. He had to make a desperate tackle, otherwise it was getting put in by Immobile. Um, it's just unfortunate it was him, really. And as I say, he was receiving absolute dog's abuse the entire game. I mean, naturally so. Um but yeah, no, that uh, an immobile penalty. Uh, his, I believe it's his tenth penalty of a season. Uh, he's now got twenty six goals. Um, that was yeah, that brought the Bianca Lesti level. Bianca, sorry, Bianco Schilesti level. My Italian coming into play. That right? is poor. I know. I'm sorry. I apologise. Um, but yeah, no, really, they they deserve to at least level it. Uh, after coming out the second half and um, then after a huge scramble in the box which was sort of typical of how the second half went uh, a blocked shot on the line by Brozovic it was all sort of pinging around the box falls back out to the man who looked incredible all game Sergei Milinkovic-Savic who slotted at home with his left foot past Pedelli. Um it was yeah a composed composed midfielder he controlled the game um, he ran rings around Barella and Brozovic all game he was a, he, he was he ran the game, really, um, at risk of repeating myself. He was brilliant. And, um, yeah, he deserved his goal, to be fair. Sort of came out to him, a very controlled finish on his weaker left foot. Um, he had a, he had a shot earlier in the game, actually. Uh, I think you saw it. It was sort of 25 yards out, dipping, and it was a beauty of a it's strike. very lucky. If that had gone in, we'd have been talking about it for years. We would have. We would have done a special edition podcast on it. Cause that, we, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't have. But we can we can dream. Slightly um, over the top. Maybe, maybe minimally over the top. But no, he did really well. Uh, he played really well. He's... Likelihood is he's leaving in summer, uh, which is a shame. Um, Lazio fans have been really not in, they've been they kind of been on his back a lot of the season, um, and then now he's starting to play a little bit better. They're all behind him. Uh, he's good young midfielder. Physically, he's huge, but I'll go on to talk about him a little bit more later, as you'll see why. Um, but yeah, it finished two one to Lazio, uh, despite another immobile chance. It was sort of the ball was put into him by Luis Alberto. His one touch somehow managed to split both Skriniar and De Vrij. Um, not great defending from them, but the touch was sublime. Goes through, uh, but to be fair, Padelli makes himself big and turns it around the post. Uh, and then right at the end, right at the death, um, Lukaku has a chance put through to him by Eriksson, uh, who came on. Looked actually fairly good for the few minutes that he did come on for. Um, uh, but it was blocked by a Cherby, who I must say was sensational all game. Um, and Lazio, yeah, deservedly winning 2-1. Um, they now sit second, just a point off Juve and two points ahead of Inter, who, as I said last week, whoever loses this game could well go on a bad run of form. And unfortunately, Inter lost it. So um, my prediction, I've got to stick with my guns. I, I can see them I can see them dipping out of the title race, unfortunately. Um, and if I'm Inter, I don't necessarily put all my eggs in the Europa League basket, but I, I start to divvy them out a little bit more if I'm an egg master, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I, Inter are... I don't know. They've brought in quite good squad depth. Yeah, that's what they needed. Yeah, but it's a bit. They needed it at the start of the season, really. They needed to. You know, with Conte, he has started season so well. 
and he just they needed that depth early on so they could possibly build up maybe a lead on Lazio and Juventus because now they ca- they've caught up and are pretty much overtaken. Yeah. And it's just got to a point where it's a it's a transfer window too late for Inter. Completely, yeah. I'd also agree with the fact that easing them in is not going to be easy. And while the new signings aren't necessarily the problem, the issue, I'd say, and this isn't me just being a moany semi-Inter fan, um, is that Handanovic has got injured. He gives that defence. He's been there for eight years now, and he's just given them so much confidence over the years he's been there. He's probably one of the most underrated keepers in Europe. And when you miss him, you really miss him. I think, I think the real problem is the fact that Bernie got injured. Yeah, Bernie. What what can we say about that man? Bernie. Not an awful lot. We can't say an awful lot about Bernie. Where's <laughs> my Bernie? Please stop referencing Doctor Who. This isn't a Doctor Who podcast. Grow up. <laughs> yeah, no, Bernie, um, he's never played for Inter, so we don't know how good he would be. Um, I reckon he, he must be amazing. <laughs> I've no idea why he still plays for the club, really. Oh, you've got to, uh, I can't get over the fact that you should reference Doctor Who on a current of his podcast. It's um, incredible content. To all those listening who don't watch Doctor Who because no one watches it anymore, um, that was a reference to it. Um, I don't know what the reference is, and I don't want Sam to explain it because I think we're going to move on to the yeah, no, we're moving on. Quick, uh, quickly moving on from that top of the table tussle to a Champions League uh, place base tussle. Um, I know. We, it was Atalanta Roma uh, in Bergamo. Uh, it was two, it was a two-one Atalanta win, and it was a deserved one at that. Uh, despite the early Atalanta dominance, they started off really well, controlling possession. Fairly uncharacteristic of Gasparini's teams, who like to counter-attack in that Leicester City uh, mould, as we've said before on the podcast. Um, Roma did take the lead early on, however. Uh, it was a defensive error by Palomino. It was capitalised upon by Edin Dzeko, who slid it past the helpless Galini in the Atalanta goal. Great um, finish. Really good finish, yeah. But it was set up by Palomino, really. I think the ball back to him was by... Hans Hatterbur, I want to say. Uh, but it was a poor ball back to him, but he could have still done better with a, a terrible touch, sort of falls backwards as he takes a touch. Dzeko eases past him, and the rest was inevitable because he's Ed and Dzeko. Um, but then just five minutes into the second half, Palomino went from zero to hero, converting a flick from Rafael Toloi uh, at the corner, which brought the host back level. Uh, rightfully so. They deserve to be back in this game for quite some time. And the second half, again, similarly to the Lazio Inter game, they came out with a fire in their bellies and they started it really well. Um, then Atalanta continued to dominate the game. Uh, it was two goals in nine minutes for them and a goal seemed inevitable when Mario Pasalic produced a moment of pure quality. Uh, it was Papu Gomez who pounced on a poor throw in from Roma. Um, uh, Freuler played the ball in to Pasalic who, with the, effectively his first touch, um, opened his body up and stroked the ball into the top far, uh, far right corner. Um, and it was, a re- it was a really good goal from a man who they've only just uh, officially signed from Chelsea. Um, ah, I don't know why Chelsea got rid of that, them. That was one hell of a substitution, wasn't it? It really was. Tactical genius by Gasparini. Uh, he comes straight on. And yeah, as I say, two two goals in nine minutes uh, for the Bergameschi. But they, they deserved they deserved it, to be honest. And they it was, it was enough for them to see out the game and a, a deserved win for them. Um, <clears throat> I've got a little bit of a... a yeah, what's the, what's the word? A bone to pick. Bone to pick, that's the phrase I'm after. Um, with Francesca, the Roma manager. 
um, or anyone really that comes up against Atalanta and plays one striker, and anyone that comes up against a three at the back and plays one striker, particularly if they're not particularly quick. Because if you've got three central defenders and one striker, naturally they're going to be outnumbered. But you can counter that by having a couple of players in behind who can help them and play off of them. But the issue that Roma had, while Dzeko did score, the only reason he scored was because Palomino made that error. They were not scoring the rest of that game. They had very little opportunity. And Dzeko, the entire game, was completely isolated. Toloi, Palomino, and the other centre-half. Um, had Knowledge. No, absolute knowledge, yeah. Um, no, they, 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 they really... They, they didn't have too much trouble dealing with him, again, aside from that initial error. And I think it's, ta- I've written down here, tactical suicide um, to do that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think if you play one striker with very little support to that uh, main striker, you're completely limiting any supply line going forward. Um, and yeah, they, they really didn't help themselves, Roma. But um, they're not on a great run. They haven't won in over a month. Um, hopefully they can bounce back because I do want to see a little bit of a tussle for that last Champions League spot I don't want to see Roma settle for the Europa League as such not that they would but I, I don't want to necessarily see that happening and they're seeing their neighbours go for the title it's not a great look on a historical club by Roma, like Roma um, but yeah Atalanta won this game 2-1 uh, they cement their positions in that Champions League spot and they, they deserve this win would you say here's a, here's a quick um, debate would you say that Edin Dzeko it's going to go down as one of Roma's greatest players. Oh, well, I don't think he's... <clears throat> so with Roma, you've just got Totti. Like, historically, he's idolised, and he's on a pedestal so far above any other Roma legend that I'd say... I, I, sh- I don't, he won't reach the Totti level, but I could see him, just because of the amount of goals he's scored over this period of time... I could genuinely see him going down as a bit of a more of a cult legend than necessarily uh, a Totti type. Where he's like he's, the either the seventh or the sixth top scorer in Roma's yeah. history. He's really his goal scoring record's incredible for them, and I could yeah, I, I I think he'd go down as a legend. I think more of a cult legend, um, not in the same way that Totti was, as I say. But I reckon he could go down as a bit of a bit of a Roma hero. But they haven't really materialised an awful lot from his time at the club. Um, they had that one Champions League run a few years ago, but aside from that, they've not really won anything major uh, since he's been at the club, which is the only issue. I reckon if he was to have one unbelievable season where he scored I don't know, 35, 40 goals and led them to a Scudetto, uh, running the Coppa Italia and a Champions League uh, decent run, then I could genuinely see him being that secondary legend to Totti because uh, no one will touch Totti because he's like God. In Rome, he's gen- he's like he's he's better than the Pope. Isn't isn't Manolis the Greek god in Rome? He is the Greek god in Rome. Rome has risen from its ruins. Yeah, Peter ah, Drury, Peter that Drury. commentary, the greatest piece Prem- of commentary. Like, ever. Sky Sports, you have missed a trick not getting him on commentary. Honestly, a bit of a tangent, but yeah, Peter Drury is incredible. Um, he is, yeah, he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, as I say, Atalanta won this game. Uh, Papu Gomez ran the game. He was brilliant. Um, that's pretty much all there is to sound it, really. I'll tell you who else was brilliant. Fiorentina, as they beat Sampdoria 5-1. Archie. Yeah, um, to echo quite literally what Sam said, Fiorentina won 5-1 away at Samp. Um, This 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 game was bonkers. (laughs) Can you stop reading from what I've written down, please? Yes, this game was bonkers. It was mental. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. Um, Fiorentina went into the lead early thanks to a Morton Torsby own goal after a teasing Dujan Vlajevic uh, cross. 
Um, the provider then turned scorer 10 minutes later as Vlajevic's powerful penalty couldn't be stopped by Aldero, putting the visitors two ahead fairly early on. Uh, Sampdoria's misery was compiled when Nicola Muru uh, received a second yellow card and conceded yet another penalty for elbowing the captain, Germain Petzela, uh, in the face going up for a header in the box. Uh, VAR correctly awarded Fiorentina the penalty. This one was put away by their star player, Federico Chiesa. Um, so that's 3-0. That's Federico Chiesa, very good player. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Brilliant. Amazing player. You, I can't say if you're being sarcastic. Sometimes. I'm being very sarcastic. Oh, right. Okay, because some, some people out there will not know who Federico Chiesa is. Oh. Well, he, he's one of the hottest prospects in Europe. Not Fiorentina's hottest prospect, I'd like to add. He's not their best player. I mean... He is if you weren't biased. No, if I wasn't, if I wasn't biased, in uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No. He has a he has a higher ceiling than Castrovilli. <laughs> no, <clears throat> yeah, he does. Um, he does. Uh, sorry, sorry, Gaetano, if you're listening, please. <laughs> no, it's all it's all good. Um, Kays is probably their star player. Um, but yeah, no, this was uh, that that put Fiorentina three up. Um, but just just before the halfway point, there was a, there was a minor blemish on Fiorentina's play as Milan Badel. Uh, received his marching orders for a second yellow, uh, and then the second half continued in a similar vein after going through, after being three 0 at half, um, with uh, Vlajevic doubling his tally from a rebounded shot to make it four. And Samp just looked completely despondent at this point. I mean, they didn't look great coming out of the gates either way, but they just weren't very good. Um, yeah, no, uh, Ranieri's got some questions to answer because they look poor. Um, then a slipped effort from about 25 yards from Federico Chiesa, as the aforementioned, um, into the top left-hand corner in the 78th minute, further condemned Sampdoria to more misery. Um, and despite a late consolation from Southampton legend Manolo Gabbiadini... Uh, Southampton f- <laughs> legend. Southampton one season wonder. One season wonder. That, uh, that run to the Capital One Cup final, though, we can't even lie. Move on. Gabbiadini carried them, yeah. Uh, yeah an, an emphatic five-on-away win for Lavio. Um, deserved to be honest with you Samp as I said looked despondent um, none, no one really played particularly well for them uh, Qualiarella was getting zero service uh, they had a few chances but none were really falling to him he had one decent opportunity but it was more of a sight of a clear wasn't that way wasn't that way volleyed over yeah that was I wouldn't say it was necessarily a clear cut chance there were a couple of no, defenders between him and the guy nowhere near a clear cut chance <clears throat> no it wasn't um yeah, no, Gast- Gaston Ramirez didn't look great all game. He actually gave away the penalty from a Gaetano Cacciavini chip through ball. Um, sure. But yeah, he, he, yeah, he's not been amazing. But no, Sampdoria didn't really look good, but let's look at Fiorentina for a minute. Um, Iacchini's come in and he's turned this club around. He has steered them away from the relegation battle, uh, steered them away from any potential lingering doubt about them going down. Um, and he's pushing them towards potentially. I wouldn't completely rule them out a top half finish. I'll go through it later once I'm going through the table. I, I was. I thought you were about to say I wouldn't rule them out of Europe. And I was yeah. about to say Archie, mate, you need to calm down. Archie, I would rule them out of Europe. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't rule out some of their players from being in Europe next year. Oh yeah. Chiesa, no. uh, Castrovilli, um, Frank Ribery. Ribery is still there. Unfortunately, he's still injured, which is really sad because he started off for them on fire. Honestly, it was like it was genuinely like watching Ribery of old. He tore apart Juventus in a nil-nil draw. Um, but yeah, he was in a <laughs> nil-nil draw. I realised that as I said it. I realised I can't be claiming someone's torn someone apart in a nil-nil draw. But yeah, no, he was great. Uh, it's just a shame he's injured. They could do with him coming back. 
Um, but yeah, no, Yakini's come in. He's turned his team around. Uh, he's got Milenkovic playing really well at the back with Jermaine Petzela. Uh, this whole team looks really good. Uh, Eric Pulgar's starting to play well as that sort of anchor in midfield. Vlajovic is coming into some sort of run of form at the minute when they need that clear goal scorer. Katroni didn't really get a chance this game, um, but it, this was a game for Vlajovic. Physically, he was dominant, scored quite a few goals. Well, two, in fact. Um, and yeah, he's he's a two. Loads. He was he was born in two thousand. Was Flavich. He's a young a young Springer Spaniel. I can't call him a Springer Spaniel. Oh my I mean, I mean, me. yeah. I was gonna. I don't know where I was going with that. I wasn't. I wasn't actually comparing him to a dog. To be honest with you, <laughs> he's just a good striker. Um, he's dogged in his attacking style. That was exactly what I meant. Thank you for bailing me out of that, Sam. Um, yeah. No. Uh, Shall we move on to some Bundesliga? Some Bundesliga results, the three of the best in the Bundesliga. Yeah, sure. Let's start with Hoffenheim at Wolfsburg. A thrilling affair um, this weekend in that 3-2 Wolfsburg was the final score, where VAR, as I said in the intro, played a huge part. It really did. Uh, it started off um, Veghorst, got the first goal of the game, dispatching a penalty, which is given away for handball. I mean, that, that was after VAR, of course, had a look at it. And but it was just this game was absolutely VAR packed. I mean, they kept going to VAR, but at least in the Bundesliga they know how to use it, <laughs> unlike in the Premier League. But yeah, Veghorst put um, Wolfsburg in front, which is quite a surprise. With um, both sides looking for Europe, but I'd say Hoffenheim the more likely. Uh, then uh, Wolfsburg doubled their lead. Uh, Memedy scored, but um, VAR disallowed the goal for offside. So they didn't double their lead. If the goal was disallowed for offside, then okay, they didn't yeah. double their okay, lead. Okay, Memedy thought he doubled their lead, but unfortunately it was ruled out for offside. Thank you, Archie. You're welcome. Um, Hoffenheim got a goal back to make it 1-0. Uh, Baumgartner, um, header after Cramrich cross. Cramrich is quite good. Clearly a, a very key player for um, Hoffenheim. Uh, Veghorst scored another penalty. He's never uh, missed a penalty in the Bundesliga. No, he, his penalty record's a joke, and he really only really scores penalties. Or does he, as we'll come on to later. He? But, um, yeah, he scored a penalty after a VAR review. At first look at the challenge, it looks like a not a bad challenge, and I could understand why the ref has given it. Hmm. Uh, so Mbappé comes into the box. And it looked like he's had a shot and it's been blocked and he's gone down. But what actually happened is Mbappé cut back and uh, the players completely taken it about. So that was a, definitely a penalty. And yeah, uh, Veghorst uh, made it 2-1 to uh, Wolfsburg. But then uh, an- another penalty, uh, the third penalty of the game. Uh, VAR gave um, a penalty for handball following review uh, by Veghorst. The guy scored the first <laughs> two penalties. It was it was a weird game, which uh, Kramerich dispatched. Um, a very assured penalty, but then um, I'm I'm delighted to tell you uh, not a penalty. Uh, Wolfsburg um, won the game uh, late on with a vague horse, and it was a, a exquisite finish. Got played through one on one, a uh, chips it over the keeper, who now uh, securing his hat trick, and that is now. Uh, club record for the amount of hat tricks in the Bundesliga for Wolfsburg. Mm. He's got three. And yeah, um, Wolfsburg actually played very well. Uh, Hoffenheim weren't great. I mean, it was a very unlucky game for Hoffenheim in the fact that the amount of penalties went against them. I mean, all of them are penalties, but it's just unlucky managerially or in 
a managerial sense, he couldn't really have done much more. Sure. Um, for those fans of English football out there, and for those who don't know who Valtteveghorst is, can you just explain to Premier League fans around the world? Um, yeah, Andre Kramaric, obviously we know him as the guy that Leicester signed for their initial record signing uh, and flopped. Um, and Valt Veghorst, and not not a lot of English football fans are going to be aware of. Just tell us a little bit about, more about those two, because they're both top-tier strikers in the Bundesliga, but they're not necessarily names that jump off the page at English fans, which is our listenership. If you just want to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, he's a uh, he's a Dutch striker, quite a big lad. Yeah, he's uh, been playing for um, Wolfsburg for a few years now. He he scores yeah he scores a lot of goals, but unfortunately, like the most of them are penalties. I mean, oh, I say unfortunately, it's yeah, good to, exactly. yeah, it's good to have a a player of that caliber. But now he's a uh, Dutch player. He played a lot in the uh, he's played a lot in the Dutch league. Did well there. Got moved to Wolfsburg, and yeah, he's been really good for them uh, this season. He's one of the top scorers in the league, and he got his. Uh, for a player who hadn't actually got a goal in 2020, uh, to score three is quite is quite mental. Yeah. Anything on Andrzej Kramaric? Uh, Just because all I know him as is that is someone that doesn't watch an awful lot of Bundesliga. All I know him as is the guy that flops at Leicester. I mean, say flopped is harsh. He wasn't amazing, was he? No, he wasn't good. He but was terrible. No, Hoffen, uh, he played for Hoffenheim before Leicester. Uh, did very well, got his move to Leicester, of course. He's come back and he's... Uh, reinstated himself as a very important player for the club. I think he's their top scorer in the Bundesliga. Um, he's Hoff- yeah Hoffenheim's top scorer in the Bundesliga ever. Ever, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, he he's he's been very good for Hoffenheim, and he's uh, very crucial in anything they do going forward. Yep. No. Well, there you go. That's a fairly sound roundup of them. Do you want to go into your next game then? Yeah. Next game is a Union Berlin against Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen getting a uh, the second uh, away win that I'm going to talk about, three two, and um, yeah, it was a game I guess uh, uh, highlighted for its late action. Really, uh, Union Berlin uh, maybe surprisingly um, went in front uh, when Gentner um, the ball fell f- to him after a poor clearance and uh, smashes it into the roof what of the a net for the edge of the box. I mean, it's his first goal of the season. I mean, it's incredible what a great goal it is for his first goal of the season. I mean, you saw it. It's, it was it's amazing. One, it's yeah. one hell of a strike, isn't Way it? Way to open your account. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. He, he, that was just an amazing goal. But then um, a uh, a different type of goal to equalise. Uh, Kai Havertz got played over the top. Um, and uh, it looked like Subotic was going to deal with it. But then Havertz got his foot there just in front. And it chipped over the keeper from uh, the edge of the box. It was a brilliant ball from Jonathan Tarr, and uh, yeah, it was an exquisite finish. And then uh, not not much really happened. And then uh, it was it was the late show that got the the late late show exactly that got the uh, had all the drama. I mean, D, uh, Bellarabi came on um, in the second half to, um, and he was the hero in the end. Uh, but in the eighty third minute, um, Leverkusen went back in front. Uh, DRB got um, played over the top and he uh, passed it past the keeper one on one. Good finish. A uh, really good finish. Uh, and it honestly, I thought Leverkusen were going to hang on from there and just uh, take a two one win. But no, um, Union Berlin came back uh, back up them. Uh, Butler, who's um, who's been one of their best, like recently, he's been in, on top form. Eight uh, goals this season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's he's been really good this season for Union Berlin. 
and he uh, yeah he got played through. He uh, he chops his defender. I think it's Bender. Uh, oh, rhyme. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he chops inside, takes a touch, and curls into the far corner. Really good finish. Both the Union Berlin goals were great. And that was in the 87th minute. And then you're thinking, <laughs> it's going to be a two-all draw. No. <laughs> uh, Bellar- what wrong? Uh, super sub, <laughs> Karim Bellarabi, in the 94th minute, got the ball. And somehow, I don't know how this went in, awful keeping. But um, from a really tight angle, squeezed the ball in. Um, I, I don't understand. The goalkeeper should have saved it. Someone should have blocked it. It shouldn't have gone in. Well, the keeper dives, anticipating a cross, and then sort of flings out his left hand as the ball is, and if anything, helps it more to go in. Exactly. It makes it, it's, it's, it's poor yeah, keeping. It was, and defending as a goal. And and the funny thing is, uh, you're thinking then <laughs> it's going to be three <laughs> two, uh, but in the 97th minute, Union Berlin had a chance to equalise, and you're thinking, oh, has it fell to Butler? Has it? F- Fallen to Gentner. The two players have scored in form. Note is fallen to goalkeeper. Gikwaitz. Gikwaitz. Who? What's his name? Gikwaitz. Let's have a little it? Gikwaitz. Do you want to have a go at it? Gikivish? Gikivish. It's not Gikivish. I reckon it's. It sounds like Gikwaitz, who last season actually scored in the second division. Um, so he's uh, got a goal-scoring prowess, <laughs> but no, he Brilliant. came up for a corner and uh, he had a free header and he kind of fluffed it, but then it fell to him on the volley or on the half volley, and uh, oh, he got it on target, but the goalkeeper saved it. He had the, it was the ninety-seventh minute. That'd it was the iconic. moment. If he'd equalised, then the limbs would have been unbelievable. Top tier limbs, especially at the Union Berlin Stadium, who pack out and sell out every game. And it, oh, it was it was so unlucky, but he didn't deserve it after his goalkeeping. That's true. Disaster yeah, could have could have redeemed his lack of goalkeeping ability with turning it to a striker, but uh, maybe not after the two shots that he did have because they were both pretty poor. Yeah. Even the volley itself had like zero power in it. Yeah, no, it, it it was weak. But yeah, Leverkusen came away with the win, and uh, yeah, deserved it overall. Union yeah. Berlin had a good fight, but Leverkusen yeah. deserved it. Got it. That was my prediction last week. Yeah, Union no, Berlin to take the win. You th- you, that was your controversial yeah, they were, one. They were close, yeah. Yeah, they, were, they weren't too far away. Um, the final game I'm going to talk about is the uh, league leaders, uh, Bayern Munich, who played away to uh, Cologne, um, mainly because of... Uh, in the last game, I was talking about a late showing. This was uh, the, quite the opposite. This was an uh, early showing from Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich won this game 4-1 away. All the away teams seem to do well this week, which is quite weird. All the uh, the ones I'm highlighting, anyway. Um, yeah, they started off well. Uh, Robert Lewandowski, man of the moment, been phenomenal this year. Robbed of a... Ballon d'Or top three in my opinion yeah I'll go along with that um, he's incredible very good player uh, smashed the ball to the roof of the net one on one with the keeper in the third minute to get Bayern Munich uh, started and uh, yeah they it was it was relentless <laughs> two minutes later in the fifth minute uh, Kingsley Coman got the ball and slid the ball through the keeper's legs <laughs> So it's 2-0 after five minutes. Then after just 12 minutes, it's 3-0. Sergeant Gnabry uh, firing into the bottom corner, following a corner. R- really good goal, actually. Um, took it uh, around a few defenders and then uh, just uh, powerfully put it into the bottom corner. He's really class. good goal. Uh, then that was the rest of the half. 
Oh, oh no, apart from a uh, Cordoba um, VAR disallowed goal. It's the weirdest spelt first name on the planet, John Cordoba. Yeah. It's J-H-O-N. It's like how I used to spell John when I didn't know where to put No, it genuinely, that's Honestly. exactly how I used to spell <laughs> John when I didn't know how to spell yeah. John. John, yeah. John. Anyway, carry on. I'm not going to roast him for his name. Yeah, the, uh, it took it to the second half for another goal. Uh, Serge Gnabry scored again. Uh, you you love him and obviously uh, curled um, the ball to the far corner far, uh, after dribbling past a few players. Really really good goal actually. Like um, the dribbling was brilliant to stay around the players and then the the cold finish into the far corner, which was um, actually um, scoring against Cologne and um, he's got the most most goals against a single club with six. So he scored uh, six goals against Cologne, which is more than any other club what, he's played against. This season against. or in his Ev- career? Or in his career. He hasn't scored six against Cologne this season. I was going to say, that would be that, quite that but Yeah, in his career, uh, he scored most goals against Cologne. He scored six. Uh, Cologne got a consolation goal. Hey. Uh, newly signed uh, Oot, who's on loan. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> who's, uh, I think he's on loan from Hoffenheim. Um, I know he's from Hoffman, I'm not sure if it's on loan or a transfer. A, a, a guy local to the area, uh, brought up in uh, Cologne, So, and he's actually um, definitely a great signing, and it will probably give them the goals to secure. I think they'll stay up anyway, but to definitely secure them staying up. But yeah, he had a, um open goal following a low cross, and yeah... Um, Definitely, uh, Bayern Munich were rampant. They there was the lead, the win was never in doubt really, and they uh, stay top of the league. And it's going to take one hell of an effort from either um, Gladbach, um, Leipzig, or Dortmund, or even Leverkusen to just dethrone them. Yeah, no, that's yeah, no Bayern extending their lead at the top of the table then. Um, so how should we do this? Do you want to go quickly wrap through the rest of the results from the weekend, go through the table, then I'll go through Serie A results on table? Should we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, sure. Man. Um, so the weekend started with uh, Dortmund Frankfurt. I oh, know I didn't talk about it in my uh, three of the best for the <gasps> first time ever, but yeah, um, Dortmund won that four 0 Pizchek got his first home goal since the eighteenth of February, twenty seventeen. Remember it well. <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite a long time ago. But yeah, Pizchek scored a really good goal. Sancho, Haaland, and Aguero were the other scorers in a match where Dortmund looked, Aguero. <laughs> in Aguero, uh, where Dortmund looked very comfortable against a team uh, who are in form. Definitely Frankfurt. Look at it. Looking really good recently, but they were terrible against Dortmund. Um, Augsburg drew one all to Freiburg in a very tight game, it, um, in which um, defender Max put um, Augsburg in the lead with his seventh goal in eleven games, mm-hmm. which uh, it took him a hundred twenty-five games uh, previously to those eleven to score that many goals. That That's unbelievable. <laughs> which, which is which is so funny. Does he have a surname, Max? No, that is a surname. Oh, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought you just knew him on a first name basis. Yeah, no, I'm really good mates with Max. Max one of the greats. No, uh, yeah, Max. Um, <laughs> sounds weird now. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Max put them in the league before um, Habera um, was first got the <laughs> got the equaliser oh, for Freiburg. Um, Leipzig had a home game to Werder Bremen, which was just really easy for them. Werder Bremen looked awful. Uh, Klosterman put them in the lead before. Patrick Schick scored for Leipzig. You really like him, don't you, Archie? Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, uh, Will and he look alike. <laughs> Brilliant. Love Will and he. Get on the podcast. Um, 
<laughs> before Mukalele um, got the fastest goal for Leipzig that they've ever scored after the break, scoring 34 seconds after half time. And yeah, convincing 3 0 win. Leipzig, after a really poor raid of form, it's a lovely game to come up at home against Werder Bremen, who are in a rut and they look relegation bound. A nice game to, uh, to play, and yeah, they look good. And going into their game against Tottenham, yeah, they look, they look like a, or they look like they're semi back. They didn't play Werner, um, of course. They're resting some of their big players for the Tottenham game, but yeah, they they look good. Uh, the next game is a uh, Paderborn lost two one at home to Hertha Berlin. It's a shame. I pr- I predicted. No, uh, we've Pader- got a bit of Paderborn. Paderborn, love on this yeah. I, we, quite like Paderborn uh, and, but unfortunately they look like they're going to get relegated even though so oh, they stay up definitely um, stay up you said last time you put yeah, not up. money on um, it but yeah, yeah Hertz Berlin uh, won this game um, assistant manager and former Werder Bremen um, coach uh, Alexander Nuri took charge um, following the departure of um, Jürgen Klinsmann which we talked about in the podcast last week um, yeah he he um, they looked a lot better, admittedly against bottom of the league, but yeah, they did. They did look better. Uh, Boyata put Hertha Berlin in front uh, before Dennis Sabeni off the bench, uh, former Norwich player, um, scores from an impossible angle. I'm still not sure how it's gone in. It's not impossible. It's gone in. Okay, an impossible. Uh, a tricky. A very tight near, angle. Yeah, near impossible. It's. <laughs> I'm still trying to work out how it went in. Terrible keeping. The keeper had no idea like, what he was going to do. And, yeah, I'm still working out that goal. I'm miffed by it, but, yeah. Miffed? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Sabeni equalised Paderborn and gave, made them... Uh, they needed something, and he supplied that. But, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. A, a Collins' only goal in the Hertha... Uh, for Hertha Berlin, um, yes, uh, secured the three points... Uh, for Hertha Berlin uh, yeah it was a shame Kuna thought he had a debut goal but unfortunately the defender touched it in the bottom corner uh, Dussel- uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf and Gladbach played out a 4-1 uh, where um, uh, Hoffman put Gladbach in front um, Tommy <laughs> I love this Tommy equalised for uh, Fortuna uh, so basically slide tackled the ball into the top corner it was incredible Tommy, you like. uh, but then uh, yeah Gladbach took control. Stindl got two, and Neuhaus uh, got the one to grab all um, all three points. Um, Gladbach winning all every game that uh, Torum has contributed at least one goal, which is pretty crazy. And the final game, uh, Mainz and Schalke um, contributed to the only nil nil draw of the weekend. Really boring game. Nothing really happened apart from Schalkeeper Nubel uh, with a contender for. Save of the season tonight, Quezon. Schalke are bowing out of the um, Champions League races. The fourth, third draw in a row. And yeah, that, that that's the rest of the results. That leaves the table. Um, Bayern at the top of the league, 46 points, uh, followed by Redbourne, 45. Dortmund in third on 42, uh, level with Gladbach in fourth. Uh, but, but they have a um, but Gladbach have a game in hand where they could go up to 45. Uh, fifth uh, at Leverkusen on 40 points and uh, sixth are Schalke on 36 who are slowly dropping down uh, the table um, now to the bottom of the league uh, bottom of Paderborn on 16 points 
Um, uh, second bottom Werder Bremen on 17. Uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf um, in the relegation playoffs on se- uh, also on 17 points. And uh, they've got a, a big climb as the team above them, 15th, are Mines on 22. Now, Archie, summarise the Serie A. Well, I'd love to, Sam. But um, I want to I wanna take it back to something. So the Augsburg game you talked about, right? While you've been doing that, I've been looking at some Max facts, all right? So we had this Max guy, yeah. We didn't know what his first name was. His first name's Philip. Okay, it's Philip Max, so he's the kind of guy with two first names. He should have been capped for Germany, apparently. Very good player. His dad, Martin Max, one of the best names ever. Um, he's one of Germany's oldest winners of the Bundesliga top scorer crown at ages 32 and 34. So there you go. If you wanted some Max facts, this is where you come. Anyway, back to back to the... T- t- here's here's <laughs> another Max, facts, uh, Max fact to end on. He's completed 630 passes this year. Oh, brilliant. Oh, all the listeners wanted to know that. Brilliant. Um, I thought that was a key fact that everyone would be fascinated by. Um, anyway, go on to your Serie A okay, yeah. results. Move on from the max-based antics. Um, yeah, so basically uh, there was there was games this weekend. Um, I know, unbelievably, match day 24. Uh, saw the Saturday, the early game was a big tussle at the bottom of the table. It was Lecce Spal and Samuel Spal condemned to further misery. Stop um, mentioning this, like, Lecce, honestly. Lecce took an early lead through Marco Manconzu. Patania equalised, even though he's off to Napoli next year. Uh, and up. then Zan Maia got the second goal for Lecce and they saw out the game in that one. That moves Lecce further and further out the relegation places, condemning Spal to um, the inevitability of Serie B. Um, Preferred it anyway. <laughs> Um, the uh, the second game that took place on this sa- lovely Saturday, fifteenth of February, um, was Bologna. Did Gen- you get that from Adrian's lecture? Did he say oh, that? No. What? Oh, sorry, oh, ignore me. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> if Adrian, you're listening, we loved your lecture earlier. You, you've it was called- from something Kate just said to oh, me. Oh right, okay, brilliant. Uh, he called Harry Kane Harry Cole. Um, oh, yeah. what a classic! I love him. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, love anyway, Harry Cole. Shout out, Adrian. You probably won't be listening, but if you are, you're great. And Kate. Um, and Kate. Yeah. And Mark. Can I get on with and this? And Nathan. Please? please, can I get on with this? And Robin. Can I please. Yeah, move on. Disgraceful. Um, but <laughs> the second game on this lovely Saturday um, was Bologna-Genoa. Um, Bologna, despite their good run of form, lost 3-0 to Genoa at home. Uh, really helping my bet um, at Archie Tips. Um, I haven't won a single bet aside from this one, so Plug. probably don't follow it. Um, yeah, at, uh, yeah. Yeah, the first popping up was centre-half uh, Samairo, off an assist from his fellow centre-half Andrea Massiello, the ex-Atalanta centre-half. Um, then a red card for Jordi Schouten um, uh, for the 34th minute um, for Bologna. And then a really well-worked goal and a great run from Antonio, Antonio Sanabria of uh, Genoa. Uh, saw them go 2-0 up and then a Stefano Denswil second yellow card set up Dominicio Crescito for the third goal which was a penalty Genoa really climbing out the relegation spots because I really like Genoa and I do hope they stay up um, and yeah they did very well uh, Bologna being dragged right back down to earth they were like oh you know we might get European spots and they just got absolutely battered at home by a relegation side they've dropped back down to 10th sure they're still only two points away from that Europa League spot but if they get it I'll eat my hat I don't have a hat, but I'll eat it. Um, Bit of a weird expression. Everyone uses it. So, do you not know the expression, I'll eat my hat? Oh, it's actually a really well-known... I'll, I'll show it to you later. But it, it's a well-known expression. Look it up now. 
Look up Ali Mahat. Put in the comments. <laughs> yeah, put it. Tell you what, right? If we get to 40 subscribers, I'll eat my hat. No, I won't. <laughs> Though, can we actually get to 40 subscribers? Yeah, please. Please subscribe um, on YouTube and listen on Spotify. Um, anyway, back to the games. Plug. This has been so disjointed. Can I just rattle them through them? Because we haven't even got past Saturday. There's a whole set of fixtures on Sunday. I've just hit the mic. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, Atalanta Roma. Been through that. Atalanta 2 1 win. Sunday, the 16th of February. An absolute game for the ages. Udinese Elas Verona. It's 0 0. It was a bloody cracker. Whoa. Absolute barnstormer of a game, honestly. One of the greats. Excitement um, personified. Barini, the little dancer, should have scored. I'm sorry. He didn't do very well. He, he scores where he wants. Well, he, he didn't want to score this game because he missed an absolute abundance of chances, as did Hellas all game. Udinese missed a couple of chances as well. I believe Kevin Lasagna hit the post. DePaul had one ruled out for offside. Um, I saw a Udinese... <clears throat> apologies. I saw a Udinese win in this one, um, but they didn't. So there we go. Don't listen to me again. Um, Juventus um, only beating Brescia 2-0 despite Brescia going down to 10 men uh, before they got their first goal Florian Aie with his second yellow card his first yellow card came just four minutes before this it was just a classic reckless strikers challenge on I believe it was Aaron Ramsey just outside the box and from the resulting free kick Paolo Dybala slotted it past the um, third choice keeper who got bought on because they were starting their second choice and their third choice keeper came on and he had to go up against a Dybala free kick from 20 yards and he scored inevitably Um, is Aaron alright? Aaron's alright, I think. Yeah. I'll have to ask him later, but I think he's okay. Oh, yeah, cool. Just drop him a little touch. Yeah, he stayed. He stayed on the pitch. Um, he came off at the 65th minute, but he stayed on the pitch. When, when he said that, I just had flashbacks to that. Uh, no, short no, don't, no, don't do that. No, don't. Why would you need to do that? That's so sad. <laughs> when, he, when he got tackled, there were there were Stoke fans and with the Brescia fans just booing him. Yeah, no, <laughs> there weren't, happens. but that'd be quite cool if there were. Um, then Quadrat, go on, go on. What you say? I was just say. You're a liar. Why am I a liar? You said there were Stoke fans there. Well, obviously, got, there got weren't goal excited. obviously there weren't Stoke fans in Move there. Obviously on. I was joking. Christ. This is taking painfully long. I'm really sorry. Um, yep, the 75th minute, Juan Corrado popped up with a lovely little goal. Uh, dinked it past the keeper. Um, and that's 2-0 Juventus. They really should have scored a few more goals in this game. Uh, but without Ronaldo, I guess they weren't having that, uh, that pinpoint striker up top who can score all the goals. Um, then Sampdoria, as I've been through, lost 5-1 at home to Fiorentina. They are shocking. Um, Sassuolo lost 1-0 at home to Parma despite Sassuolo having some 70% possession this is just typical Sassuolo they, they have so much possession all game and they just cannot convert chances despite Caputo actually being quite a good striker um, but evidently not good enough uh, Parma's goal came from the one and only Jovino. Um he was playing out left this game instead of up top because they had the great Andreas Cornelius up top uh, a couple of Premier League legends playing for Parma um, but yeah, they took home a 1 0 win away at Sassuolo. Another 1 0 away win saw Napoli beat Cagliari away in Sardinia. Um, yeah, Dries Mertens, <laughs> absolute beauty. Uh, cut in on his right foot, curled past the keeper. Beauty. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, no, he did very well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much just a 1 0 win to Napoli. Not an awful lot more to say on that game. Deserved win. Cagliari had a couple of chances, but nothing, nothing brilliant. Um, then obviously Lazio beat Inter 2-1 which I've been through uh, and then the Monday game which we haven't mentioned yet um, was your prediction for Torino to beat Milan they didn't um, they didn't even look close I mean, I mean let's be real though it was 1-0 like 
it was it between was less, a, it, it, it would have been more embarrassing if it had been like four 0 True, naturally, as most games do look more embarrassing when they're four 0 But um no, Torino didn't really look like scoring in this game. Uh Milan's goal came through Ante Rebic, who seems to be their saviour at the minute, along with a couple of others. But yeah, no, it was a deserved win at the uh, Giuseppe Miazza or the San Siro as everyone knows it. Um yep, yeah, no, good win for Milan. Uh they climb further up the table. So how does that leave for the table? Well, Juventus now climbed back up to the top spot. Didn't take them long to get back there, but they're there. Um, they sit on 57 points. Lazio just one point behind them on 56. Same amount of games now, so that game in hand's gone. Uh, just a straight heat, I guess, now until the, until the final game. Um, Inter now dropping points, two points behind Lazio. Atalanta some 11, no, nine points behind Inter, but they build up a healthy six-point advantage on their closest Champions League rivals, Roma, who only sit four points actually ahead of Hellas Verona. And the way that Hellas Verona, Milan are all going at the minute, I there's a part of me that thinks that Roma could dip out of those spaces. Um, moving down to the relegation spots at the minute. Uh, Spal sit rock bottom where they belong uh, on 15 points. Why would you <laughs> add that? Spal sit rock bottom. Move on. They are eight points away from safety. They are Move getting on. relegated. Uh, Brescia sit only one point behind them. They're also getting relegated. Genoa, however, this is where it gets tasty. They're on 22 points. They sit some uh, six points ahead of Brescia. Both Ooh, them and Spal are condemned. Um, yep, Genoa, 22. Sampdoria, 23. Lecce climbing up the table 25 and I tell you what right the form that Torino were in it's not too outlandish to say they could be dragged into this they are only 5 points off the relegation spots and so are Udinese who are only 4 points away if Torino get dragged into a relegation battle that'd be pretty funny um, because they're terrible um, that's pretty much all there is to say um, I'm going to crack on my player of the week if that's right, Sam I'm just going to go straight ahead on it oh yeah do it my player of the week, um, not someone that scored loads of goals, but he just played really well. He got one goal in a huge match for Lazio. It is Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, as I alluded to earlier. Um, as I say, ran rings around the inter midfield, looked brilliant all game, uh, scored a really good goal, had one that hit the bar, ran the game. Who's your player of the week? That w- that really was rattling through. It really uh, was. My player of the week is Marcus uh, Turam, the uh, Mönchengladbach um, forward... He, uh, in, for his performance against um, in Fortuna Düsseldorf in the uh, Rhineland derby, he was fantastic. He actually, he, as the expression used about a hundred times earlier, he he really did run the game. He um, he was at the centre of everything. Everything went through him. He dropped deep despite despite playing uh, up front. He dropped deep a lot. He uh, he got two assists, which was. Uh, and uh, played a key role in the third goal. But yeah, he uh, he got the ball. He linked play really well. Uh, was fantastic. And then uh, at the end of the game, he uh, did what Romelu Lukaku uh, Lukaku did in the um, in the uh, Milan derby, where he uh, put his shirt on the corner flag and uh, waved it in the air. In a and uh, yeah, he he was terrific. Uh, obviously, not as big a derby as the. Um, Derby Milan Derby, yeah. but you know, I say Fortuna Munchen, uh, the Fortuna Munchen Gladbach rivalry is second to none. Second to none, there we go. Uh, so, Marcus Turam is your player of the week. Shall we get on to some predictions, Let's Sam? Let's do Cole. some predictions. So, shall we kick things off with the series? Oh, oh, would you like me to start? Actually, we don't do it in this order, do we? Um, just as a quick recap, in case you forgot. 
One point for correct result, three points for getting the exact scoreline. Uh, we split it up into three categories for each league that we pick. Big team game, tricky to predict, a controversial pick. The controversial pick gets you a whole treble points. You could get a whole nine points if you predict that result correctly. Um, tricky to predict gets you double points, and big team game is just your base amount of points. Um, I'm going to kick things off if that's all right. Sure, let's go. So, in the Serie A, my big team game is Atalanta-Sassuolo. And I'm going to go with a 4-2 in this game because I, I could see this being a bit of an end-to-end game. Both teams aren't defensively the most capable. Um, while Atalanta this season have been fairly decent defensively, most recently, more mainly, they've, they've been doing well defensively. Um, I can see Sassuolo nicking a couple just because of how often they dominate possession. I can see it being an end-to-end affair. Uh, but I do see Atalanta pipping them in the classic 4-2 scoreline that we like to predict on this on this segment of the podcast. Who's your big game prediction in the Serie I've gone for Spal-Juventus. Unfortunately, I'm not backing my team, and no. I think that Juventus are going to win 3-0 away from home. It's generous. Is it? Yeah, oh, I think Spal defensively are so good. <laughs> oh, okay, sarcasm. Fair enough. <laughs> right, yeah, Juventus are going to absolutely demolish Spal, and if they don't, I'll be delighted, but we get relegated such a room. Uh, yeah, 3-0 Juventus. Fair enough. Um, my tricky to predict game. There's a pretty pretty interesting game coming up, and I, I'm just looking at our two screens, and I think we've predicted the exact same we've, thing. We've, we've we've predicted the exact same game, yeah. the exact same scoreline. Nice bit of variety. I do promise we do not talk about this before. I've literally just seen a screen. Um, I've gone as a Sam, so I'll cover it for you as well. You can give your justification if you want. You're more than welcome. Uh, it's Fiorentina. They host Milan in Florence. Uh, I'm going with a two-all draw. Again, another game which I could see being very end-to-end, especially Milan at home defensively are decent other than conceding. Well, they're technically they weren't at home against Inter, but they were still at San Siro. But they, they do well defensively at home. Away, I can see them being a little bit more leaky to a Fiorentina team who's scoring for fun at the minute under Iacchini, and I can see as being a bit of a ding-dong to all, Sam. Sam, what are you going with? Let's see your your different prediction. Yeah, to all. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Fiorentina, Milan, both teams that have a lot of potential for goals, but then defensively on that strong, and basically, yeah, what you said, uh, I could see it being very high scoring, and um, a, a, good, uh, a good one for the neutrals, but... Um, the managers won't be impressed by their defensive showing. Oh, wow. I like that. That's a football manager reference. Is it? <laughs> is that something you say in a press conference? Yeah, football it really is. <laughs> wow. We bring the variety to this show. Um, my controversial pick, I'm backing Lecce. Let's go. You didn't need to clap your hands. I'm, no, I won't. Um, <laughs> they, they go to Rome and they play a very out-of-form Roma team. And I see them winning 2-1. I see Lecce taking the game to Roma I'm still clapping Roma's getting not Roma Archie's getting so excited I love Lecce I think they're amazing I've done one football manager save with them and got them relegated and I think they're brilliant Um, if if I can't keep them up who can well evidently uh, uh, who's the name Liverani their manager evidently he can so uh, yeah no I I reckon they beat Roma 2-1 I can see their two new signings as I wrote about for World Football Index um Ricardo Sabanara and Antoine Barak scoring uh, and for Roma I see Dzeko popping up with one what's your controversial pick Sam because it's very controversial <laughs> my, my nice. controversial pick is even more <laughs> controversial than that Genoa yeah Genoa are going to dethrone the oh, they're not top of the league mm-hmm. but um, tricky to dethrone them 
They're going to dethrone the best team in Rome. They're yeah, yeah, fair. that kind of makes sense. Seems yeah, fair. I think that uh, Genoa are going to beat Lazio two one at home. I, I know Lazio have been on their huge beaten run and look unstoppable, but so you think Genoa? Will <laughs> stop? They look unstoppable, so they're going to Genoa. <laughs> yeah, they look unstoppable, but they haven't played <laughs> Genoa in a long time. One so. of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yeah, nah, I don't see Mobile scoring. He's only got. 26 goals this yeah. season not many really but not yeah no Genoa have Pandev though so that's all I have to say yeah no that seems fair um, shall we go on to our Bundesliga picks let's do it I'll, I'll kick it off I've gone big team Bayern Munich are home to Paderborn should be fairly comfortable for Bayern Munich as they uh, try and push away from the chasing pack um, I could see them winning uh, 4-1. I think Paderborn will score, uh, but <laughs> but I I think, yeah, I think Bayern Munich's firepower will be too much for Paderborn. Who, who have you put? That seems fair. I'm going with your Dortmund. They're away to very out-of-form Werder Bremen. Uh, I can see a Haaland hat-trick. He looks so good um, against PSG last night. I can see just him dominating. Bremen defensively aren't very good on a woeful run of form. 3-1 Dortmund. I, I would argue that, uh, just quickly, I would argue that Haaland, despite scoring a lot of goals, hasn't necessarily been the finished article performances-wise. For example, with Frankfurt, you got a goal played. Did you see him I, I, last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he played very well, but he was still very uh, raw. His, his touch isn't <clears throat> where it could be. Uh He's uh, no, like don't get me wrong. He's brilliant, but then he's got a lot of potential, and there's things he could definitely improve sure, on. Sure, doesn't. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I just think, yeah, in the goal scoring format, he's in. He's yeah, probably yeah. the best striker. It's, it's he's probably best striker in Europe at the minute. Let's be uh, real. Oh, on his re- most recent form, the amount of goals he's got, he's the most informed striker at the minute in Europe. Who? Who else? Uh, Lewandowski, Danny Ings. Uh, you're laughing, but. Danny Ings. What recent goals in the games that Haaland since Haaland's been at Dortmund he's okay, been the yeah. most informed his, striker yes, in Europe okay so his goals per game ratio at Dortmund's which joke. is what you need okay, okay recently he's been probably the best striker in Europe goal scoring wise I wouldn't say performances wise I'd say goal scoring like, okay. but you only, need, you only really need goals from your striker don't you no I mean okay but if the, in the amount of goals that he's scoring that's all you really need. Like you can, uh, I remember Ian Wright always used to do it. He'd have a terrible game, but he'd pop up with a goal, so you'd still be raving about Ian Wright. Like if if he's just scoring goals, that's fine. He doesn't need to do anything else. He can just be a no, pure yeah, goal yeah. scorer. He, he's he's doing his job, but then uh, Dortmund is trying to make him into more of a complete player, yeah. and uh, uh, that's why that's why he's. Uh, this uh, maybe he's making more mistakes because he. Previously, uh, at his old club, he's just been the goal scorer. Well, Dortmund, they're trying to get him to link up play because Dortmund have a lot of uh, other attacking players who are really good, yeah. and uh, they want them to score as well. And but yeah, no, he has been good, but I'd say he could be could have been better. But his goal scoring ability has been brilliant. Yeah. Moving on to um, only eleven goals in seven games. Exactly, not many. Um, we're moving on to the other uh, the controversial controver- no. Uh, oh, sorry, Tricky to Predict. Tricky Apologies. To predict. Apologies. I forgot what it was called. Uh, yeah. I've gone for Schalke against Leipzig. Um, it's a it's a big game. Schalke dropping away. Um, and at Leipzig, um, 
have been poor, but then uh, we've got a recent win over Werder Bremen, of course. So it's a big it's a big game for both sides. They uh, try to push on and push for uh, Leipzig, the title, and Schalke, uh, Champions League football. Uh, but I could see the draw merchant Schalke getting another draw in this game. I think uh, it Leipzig need a win, but I don't think they'll get it. Schalke look not great going forward, but defensively they're fine. They're all right, and yeah, I I just don't see much to separate these two sides. What about you? Yeah, I've gone with the same game, but I've gone with a different outcome. I've gone both teams to score, but I've gone Leipzig to take it 2-1. Schalke seem to be dipping a little bit. They seem to be bottling their chance of potentially getting any Champions League football. Uh, They're not doing brilliantly recently. I can see Leipzig capitalising on that with their quick attacking play. Uh, I see a 2-1 Leipzig win. Ooh. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that happening. Uh, Finally, uh, the controversial pick I've gone for Freiburg against uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf Uh, with Dusseldorf uh, really in trouble in the relegation playoffs uh, and Freiburg pushing for uh, Europa League they're really a different place at the table but I I could could Fortuna Dusseldorf are desperate for a result and despite it's a 4-1 they showed like some promise some promising uh, things against uh, Gladbach and I think that uh, Fortuna could uh, still a draw here uh, what's your controversial pick? It's a lot more controversial than Yeah, mine. it's slightly more controversial. I figured, you know, go hard or go home. I've gone Bayern. They host Paderborn. Now, don't, don't, you know, don't worry. Don't leave the podcast just yet because I'm going with a draw, not a Paderborn win. I'm not mental. Um, I reckon Paderborn are going to get a point here. We like I Paderborn. love them, honestly. Never seen them play. But you know what? If they do the, if they do the business in this game, I might just have to tune in. Um, there, yeah, I see a two-all draw. Genuinely, Paderborn are just going to do the business. I have zero logic behind it. I just see Bayern Munich. They've got to slip up at some point, haven't they? Uh, I think your logic behind it is probably the fact that I've been backing them the last two weeks and yeah. you've said this and you thought, there, must, might, yeah. there must be something about them. Yeah. yeah, and they've not proven it since, but I'm, I'm no, thinking this will be the game I've, I've put it. them in my um, controversial pit every time apart from this week and they've um, they've lost every yeah. time. I figured we could Oh No, they against Schalke they drew too fair and I said that they would lose so that's true no I said they'd win and they drew at Schalke and you you said that Schalke were nailed on to win that game so I just got happy with that but yeah um, is that it yeah is, no, that, all that, we, is that's, that all we got that's that's all we've got um, time to move on to sorry um, sorry for the clicking in the background yeah yeah uh, now let's move on to uh, just reading out the fixtures for the next week if you would like to start Archie yep I'd absolutely love to start this there's nothing I'd like more um, so yeah we've got a pretty busy round of fixtures coming up in the Serie A uh, we have a first game comes in on Friday Brescia hosts Napoli very bang out of form Brescia and I can see Napoli winning this one but it's not predictions so I'll stop um, Saturday we have Bologna hosting Udinese Udinese and both Bologna looking to bounce back Spal hosts Juventus in what will probably be a mauling um, Fiorentina host Milan in the later Saturday game on the Sunday we have Genoa hosting Lazio you'll be watching that with a keen eye um, Atalanta take on Sassuolo Torino will get battered I mean sorry uh, host Parma uh, Elas Verona play Cagliari uh, Roma host Lecce and Inter host Sampdoria looking to bounce back and get in that title race Sam who we got uh, weekend starts on Friday with Bayern Munich at Paderborn who will apparently draw according to Archie yeah. moving on to <laughs> moving on to Saturday Gladbach host Hoffenheim Freiburg have Fortuna Dusseldorf 
Um, Hertha Berlin have Cologne. Uh, Werder Bremen have Dortmund. And Schalke are playing at Leipzig in the late game. Uh, Sunday, um, Leverkusen have Augsburg at home. Wolfsburg are home to Mainz. And then on the Monday, to finish the weekend, Frankfurt are playing at Union Berlin. Brilliant. And is that it? For that, this that's edition it. of so I've just you heard the clicking in the background. I just flicked up a clear and obvious podcast, a our YouTube, which you can always go and follow and subscribe to and watch everything on because there'll be content coming up on there soon, which won't be the norm. Um, we might even get a camera in soon, but you know, it's all on the download, but it's not there because it's on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. That's just <laughs> revealing the secret. Yeah, it's not a secret until people see us. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to see our beautiful studio and our beautiful faces, not just on dodgy thumbnails. Um, we hit. 30 subscribers. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I was, I was going to put in like little burst. Anyway, um, yeah, hit 30 now. subscribers. No, I won't. Um, 30 subscribers. Can we hit 40 by this time next week? Ooh, that's that's big. That is huge. That would be bloody massive, right? That would be huge stuff. Um, if so, I'll book us the flights out to Spal, uh, Inter. If we hit 40 subscribers, I'll book them now. Well, when it comes around. Oh yeah, that that guys, yeah. please, please hit forty subscribers. That would be yeah. that would be absolutely massive for us. So we're going to spell into if you haven't realised. We'll we'll and, you'll get more on that. And we're gonna get some. We'll we'll try to get some content for, we'll get some content. for you. Yeah. Uh, this week's also a big week as uh, tomorrow we're gonna have the uh, the normal the full English and but Friday we're doing a Champions League Europa League special which you have to look forward to. Yeah. Some more, some more European football, and thankfully we're getting the Europa League in, so you can listen to all the best teams. Um, is that it? Is that all we got? Yeah, that that that's all we've got. Uh, let's uh, let's do some uh, some plugging, some plugging, some plugging. Um, my personal Twitter is at Arch Corbett. Uh, mine is at Sam Cole two four six eight. Um, the Twitter account for a clear and obvious podcast is at a clear and obvious pod, and we now have Instagram mm. uh, a clear and obvious podcast. There we are. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, that's it. Sweet. Check us out on Spotify, and YouTube. Yeah, do do like. Like. We like yeah. likes. Likes are good. Like, like, nice. like How many likes did the most recent one get? It's not going to start playing. Five. Five likes. There we go. That's that's 30 <laughs> subscribers. That's such a good... Oh, incredible. That's because we've got Robbie on. Any comments? No, no abuse this week. Well, there we go. That's it for stop now. Stop looking at our YouTube. Sorry. Right, thank you for listening, guys. Um... Yeah, like and subscribe, uh, tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell your aunts, and we will see you next week. Bye.